Hip-hop takes the stand in the new documentary As We Speak, Rap Music on Trial, now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Rap lyrics are playing an increasingly prominent role in criminal cases. Every song, every lyric, every video that you've ever been involved with, they're going to use against you. Follow rap artist Kemba as he explores the weaponization of rap lyrics in the criminal justice system. This artistic expression is a confession. I'm ready. Roll the tape. Watch the eye-opening new documentary As We Speak, Rap Music on Trial, exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply. Welcome into the Atlanta Enquirer podcast, Jeremy Warner, Derek Piper, and for the first 12 minutes tonight, it was everything Illinois fans wanted it to be. Scott Van Pelt's here, Lovey Smith is here, uh, Adam Miller is here, the stars are out here waiting for Illinois basketball to arrive, and for the first 12 minutes, it was everything Illinois fans wanted. 31-17 uh, was the lead at one point, 29 points in the first nine minutes. But Illinois missed some opportunities to extend that lead, and for the second time this year, Maryland comes back from a 14-point deficit to beat Illinois 75-66. to They take the lead uh, in the Big Ten with first place. They sweep Illinois on the season series. Illinois let one get away yet again, Derek, and uh, they let a moment get away from them as well. Yeah, no doubt. It was a gut punch, and you couldn't have asked for a better start. You go up 31-17, to and DeMonte hits two threes, and Georgie hits a three. You're like, it's your night. It's your night, and Turgeon gets a tech, and he maybe could have even gotten ejected. He was fired up. Uh, a couple of techs in this one, but the turning point really was, was Turgeon throwing out the zone, the, the zone, and then some full-court press, and Illinois dealt with some foul trouble, and all of a sudden they go into a shell offensively and, and not able to, to hit shots, and all of a sudden, it's it's a two-point game at, at halftime and just felt like – you mentioned, though, in there, there's a missed opportunity, missing free throws and some short, short-range shots. Would you say they were shell-shocked, Derek? <laughs> um, yeah, th- this is disappointing. Uh, I saw some people say Illinois wasn't ready for the moment. I think they were ready for the moment, right? I mean, they took a huge lead. It's just when you play really good teams, and I think Maryland – I mean, they've proven it to this point. They're the best team in the Big Ten. I think they have the best duo in the Big Ten. Anthony Cowan, Trent Frazier can't stay in front of him, right? He gets into foul trouble because of that, and Trent Frazier is one of the best defenders in the Big Ten. Jalen Smith didn't have a great game, but he still had 11 points, 11 rebounds, influenced a lot of shots at the rim. And there are other guys really stepped up. And on other teams, you've been able to you know, keep them down, but you weren't able to do that with Marcel and Wiggins, and they had really good games, and Illinois guys didn't, but... Yeah, I thought they were ready for the moment, Derek. But when the other team made the adjustment, kind of like Iowa, um, we've seen two games in a row now where you've had that zone. How do they get through that? And, and Brad, I asked that question to him tonight. He said it was more about personnel and foul trouble. And foul trouble starting to hurt him. With Trent Frazier and Kofi, that, that's kind of been a regular occurrence. How do they get around the foul trouble? How do they get around the zone? Yeah, with the foul trouble, I think Trent needs to pick his spots a little bit. The second one was him trying to take a charge, and he had already gotten beat. And really, you want him to know in his mind, because with Brad, two fouls essentially automatic benching the rest of the second half or first half. And it was just a play that if you're going to get beat, you're going to get beat. Don't just try to play straight up and, and let the guy get the basket. If, if that's the case, uh, don't go to the bench for 12 straight minutes. Kofi's going to you know, play physically against... Garza and Smith and some of those fouls are going to happen. As far as the zone, I didn't think they did a very good job of attacking the middle of it, getting the ball near the free throw line. There were a couple times where they were successful. Kofi was passing out of down to Kipper on the baseline. But 
really also you, you look at Trent Frazier only took one shot in the second half, so that wasn't really foul trouble induced. He just thought it was a little passive. And against the zone, you got to be able to get inside of it and then kick it out and make shots. Illinois is not a great three-point shooting team, but as you mentioned, Iowa showed that the zone bothered them and also tonight again. All right, I got to give Mark Turgeon a lot of credit. I think there's been a lot of questions. He's been able to get talent. Is he able to get the most out of them? I thought his adjustments tonight, whether it was the zone, he threw out some one-three-one in there at one point. But even that technical, which I thought, whoa, going overboard, that was to get his team fired up. And Brad Underwood tried to do it here late in the game, and Illinois tried to make a fake rally, but Anthony Cowan just said no to that. But I thought Turgeon had a really well-coached game today. And he's not known as like the, the, the coach in, the, in you know, Maryland. He's taken a lot of grief over that, but I, I thought he coached really well tonight. Oh, he did, no, no doubt about it. And in the second half, you mentioned it, they would go from full court to 2-3, 1-3-1, back to man. And Illinois was constantly trying to, to figure out what they were in or what they, what Illinois was going to try to run against it. And when you have that kind of length and athleticism they have, there's a reason they're one of the best teams in the country at two-point field goal defense. You get it inside, it's tough to finish against them. And, and overall, they're top 10 in defensive efficiency. So you pair that with Cowan being able to make shots, Jalen Smith, who didn't have a huge game, 11 and 11 is pretty good, the double-double machine. And when Morcel can give you 18 and Ayala and Wiggins make shots, they're, they're a tough team. That's a really tough team. That's a really good team, and Illinois didn't take advantage of getting a big lead in that game. Uh, Underwood, with a big topic conversation now, and I think it's, it's a very worthy conversation, is the foul trouble. A guy gets in two fouls, Trent Frazier, he sits the final 12 minutes of the first half, even as Maryland's making that big run and they get it down to two uh, at the end of the half with two big threes from Wiggins. Um, you know, Kofi Coburn sat for a really long time with a couple fouls. Georgie sat for a long time with a couple fouls as Maryland's making that run. What do you think of his philosophy? Because he's very unaggressive with those players. And when Trent only ends up with three fouls, you can sit there and scratch your head. Man, you could have used him on the court a little bit. And Turgeon mentioned that's the one guy who can get hot on us and, and take that zone away. And he wasn't out there for the last 12 minutes of that half. I understand why you do it with Kofi, just because he's a freshman. And also, you can force the ball inside and maybe draw some contact there. And if he has three fouls, we see... Defensively, especially, Georgie guarding Jalen Smith was not going well. So uh, you try to preserve him for the second half, especially when you still have the lead. Uh, I understand why you can look at that with Trent and think as the lead's dwindling down, a guy that can come in and make a shot, a guy that can guard Cowan and give him a little bit of a hard time. Uh, at the same time, Cowan's blow-by ability, he could have easily forced Trent into his third. So it's kind of a hard balance. I do think I agree with fans in that it shouldn't be an automatic. It should be a feel thing. And Illinois needed something there when it goes from 14 down to two to, to change it up. I'm with you. I think Trent's earned some trust, right? And, and when the last couple of games he's gotten in foul trouble and only ended with a couple, I got to trust him a little bit, whether it's five minutes left in the half, get him in there, get some offense and say, if you foul, you're going to be on the treadmill, <laughs> maybe something like that. Um, but you got to find a way to get him back in the game because they needed some offense. I will say the the bright spot, again, this game, and it's back-to-back losses that they've had this, but your bench stepped up. Andres Felice gave you big buckets again uh, as Maryland was trying to chip into that lead early in the first half. And Alan Griffin just gives you so much energy. Nine points, three for five from three. Again, a guy who stretches the floor, can turn a game for you, can lead a big run. Um, his, his energy in the second half got Illinois back into that game, but nine boards in how many minutes? 
He played 19 minutes, had nine rebounds, team high, five on the offensive glass. His teammates just weren't able to take advantage of it. But uh, those two guys off the bench are huge, huge weapons for you, Derek. And I don't know, with with Georgie and his struggles, uh, you know, that bad turnover tonight, he had six boards, he had some nice passes, but the turnovers he's had, he's really struggling from the field. Going small, is, is that something you see more with, you know, guys like DeMonte and, you know, uh, uh, Allen on the court at the same time or Kipper on the same court at the same time because they're really struggling at that four position. Yeah, it's a major question mark. Kipper, for the most part, has given you some some good minutes. You just still have those moments on offense where he either misses some bunnies or he took an air ball three tonight. You don't want him taking those shots anymore. But, uh, yeah, Georgie is flat out been bad and for some decent stretches and uh, it's tough to sustain that and then you mentioned Allen and it's probably more of a credit to him he has nine rebounds in 19 minutes Kofi and Georgie play 55 minutes combined and they have 10 rebounds so Allen is extremely active Felice continues to to rebound he had seven and then score but uh playing small is an interesting it's matchup base but uh it's something to look at because yeah, Georgia just has, has really struggled. Yeah, they could have used the T.J. Holyfield right now. I said going into this game on the podcast earlier today, Derek, I thought Kofi was the key to this game, and Kofi did not have a good game. Uh, three out of the last four, he has not had a good game. The foul trouble hurts him, but one of five from the field, and teams just kind of pushing him away, getting him away from that basket a little bit. Um, he's not a good guy outside of five feet at this point of his career. And the thing that bothers me most is another – Rebound total under seven, that, that shouldn't happen for a guy like him. Four rebounds, only one on the defensive end. Of course, Maryland made a lot of shots, but they missed 30, and he only got one of them back. What's happening with him? It feels like he's just getting pushed around a little bit, um, which is weird for a guy at seven foot 285. I know in the Iowa game in Michigan, his hands were a big question, just not being able to hold on the ball. I didn't feel like that was necessarily the case tonight. He just wasn't around the basketball. And I know Brad mentioned that Jalen stretching out stretching the floor took him away from the paint but Kofi's got to find a way to rebound I mean that's the best rebound on your on your team and uh, and then offensively you, you made a good point where his right hook or, or his moves outside of right near the basket are doesn't have the touch yeah anything with one hand with him is not working like outside of a dunk but even, even we were talking about this during the game Illinois missed so many opportunities, not just on layups when they were, what, like 50% today. And, and free throws, they missed a lot today. Georgie over four. They're missing chances for those and ones. Like when they get fouled, yeah. just tapped or not finishing it. And Kofi's a big part of that. He's got to finish those with some strength and authority and just feels like he's kind of playing under his size right now. Yeah, Lante yells at his middle school team when they don't finish some of these tap fouls for and ones. And uh, that's something that Kofi in the last couple of games has, hasn't been able to do. And uh, it just, I don't know. I think Maryland did a very good job of not giving him a ton of time to make moves. And that's not really Kofi's game anyway, but uh, they sent help and double teams. and uh, But he's got to be able to, to, to back people down, Jalen Smith held his ground for the most part pretty well, and, and that gave Kofi problems. Teams are taking away that pick and roll that was working yes. so well for Especially him. Isn't it's it? hard against his own. You, you don't do that against his own, and that's yeah. We saw Purdue. That that was the key. That was the play they ran over and over again. Yeah, they take that away, and you can slow this offense down to a halt. Uh, Illinois got off that great start, but uh, that that one change really affected everything. All right, let's talk about what this means moving forward for Illinois basketball. Grab your VIP pass. 
delving into the secretive world of Formula One. Behind the scenes with two of the sport's biggest names, Mercedes and Williams. This is not coal mining, this is Formula One motor racing. As they build their new cars. We want to be so much further ahead. We are in permanent racing mode. And face shocking headlines. Here's Lewis Hamilton moving away from Mercedes. I'm Joseph Fiennes and this is F1, back at base. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. The hit Paramount Plus original docuseries returns. The last time I saw Max, he looked at us laughing, and then everything changed in a blink of an eye. My feeling as a detective is that he was murdered. Yahoo Entertainment calls it a spine-chilling docuseries, showcasing real-life tragedies. What if it was your child who went missing? We need to know the truth. Never seen again. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Right, my one concern about a loss in this game, Derek, is not that you lost to Maryland, right? Maryland's a good team. I think they're going to win the Big Ten. I think they have the best chance to go far in the Big Ten or in the NCAA tournament because they have a star guard and they have one of the best big men in the country and they got some other athletic guys who can who can score. Um, the problem now is you can't let this turn into a long losing streak. It's the first time you've lost back-to-back games since you lost to Maryland at Maryland and you lost to Miami the game before it. Um, but now you got Michigan State coming in here on Tuesday. That's a monster game for both those teams to keep pace with Maryland. And then you go on the road to a tough Rutgers team that's undefeated at the rack, right? And then at Penn State where that game is sold out, that's a really tough team that's fighting for a Big Ten championship run too. This is where it gets a little dicey. you got to find a way to stop this. And defensively, I thought, for some of this game, they're really good, Derek. But um, at least in the second half. But you got to get back to that, and you got to find a way to get going offensively. But this is kind of a scary point. Not that it's going to happen, but you're looking at the toughest stretch of your season right now. Oh yeah, I mean you can't lose the Michigan State. I mean you you can, you very well <laughs> could, but if you do, you've lost three in a row, and then you're going to the rack where no Big Ten team, no one has won yet against Rutgers and Penn State is just as hot as anybody in the Big Ten right now. So uh, I said on the podcast earlier today that it felt like if you won two of this next four stretch, now it's two of the next three, you're still in good shape. And and Maryland and Michigan State still play each other twice this month. So that's something that could still play out. Right now a lot of people giving the edge to Maryland. But uh, the team that wins on Tuesday night between Illinois and Michigan State still very much alive in this race. But, uh, yeah, you got to end – this from going spiraling the wrong way because tough opponents if you had won this game i can't imagine the feeling because we don't know what that feeling's like in a long time probably 15 years here um so that's a missed opportunity it hurts a lot of fans feel deflated out there right now but that's a that's a nice new feeling isn't it like that this a game like this means so much and it hurts so much but I think this place is going to be rocking again Tuesday, as it should be. Um, you're playing meaningful basketball games, and I thought the atmosphere was great. Orange Crush is out there four hours before a game, Derek, getting in a line. Uh, Scott Van Pelt, shout out to him, man. SVP is the goods. He's one of the best people in this business. He took photos, as he tweeted out, with every Orange Crush member. He did it for 45, 50 minutes, and kudos to him because those are the people that obviously allow him to do what he does and, and be so successful, successful. But he's awesome. He's an awesome dude, uh, and I'm sure he had fun tonight. But uh, that, that was just a really cool atmosphere, even though Illinois didn't win it tonight. This place early on seemed 
pretty high level. I mean, it was rocking, absolutely rocking, and uh, the Orange Crush going crazy. You mentioned to have Van Pelt in here made it have a big time feel, and uh, yeah, it's not only for fans to now react to a deflating loss. How's this team? This team hasn't really gone into a situation where there's such expectation for a big game and they lose it, especially uh, one in that that fashion where it just felt like when things started to turn the other way, they were shell-shocked or just had a hard time turning the tide back the other way. So can they take this loss and then go into another big game and and bounce back? Adam Miller was here. You caught up with him. You're going to have a story on the site shortly. Uh, Give me a little taste of what Adam Miller said. It it sounded like he's like, well, why do you guys think it's a big deal? Like, yeah, I'm I'm going to Illinois. (laughs) Yeah, he mentioned something about, well, for for some reason people were questioning my commitment. And, I mean, he said he was still open at the time, which I'm not going to get into that that whole deal. But uh, he talked about how great it is to see Illinois win. He said that's how he has thought of Illinois being when he came here. He's from Peoria. He's, here, he's heard all the stories of when Frank Williams was winning Sergio McClain. But uh, I think part of the interesting uh, interesting part of the story is he was down in Myrtle Beach with Andre Curbelo at the same time, saw his game. He was very impressed. He definitely sees how they can work together. And I asked him, I said, Curbelo's out there recruiting the East Coast for Illinois already. Are you working anything? And he goes, yeah, uh, talking to Brandon Weston about maybe coming with me, maybe even next year if he can reclass. So uh, got all the details on the site coming. Nice. I like it. All right, we'll be back at it Tuesday against Michigan State, Derek. Um, Michigan State's lost 4-7. Uh, they haven't played very well on the road at all here recently. And then they lost a game at home to Penn State, and I'm really impressed by Penn State. That's a scary team right now. But that's a team that's a two-player team. It's a team Illinois played pretty well in the past. I, I looked it up. Michigan State's lost 5-8 here in the last decade. Wow. And think of the Illinois basketball decade <laughs> we've had here. Hasn't been pretty, but they've been able to beat that team. And right now, that feels like a two-man team. Right, like Xavier Tillman and Cassius Winston are probably the second-best duo in the Big Ten behind the duo we saw tonight. Uh, Marcus Carr and Daniel Toro might be in there too, but that's probably the second-best duo we've seen in the Big Ten, and there's nothing much after that. Right, like the other guys are really struggling. The younger guys coming around, but we know how talented Michigan State is. We know how hungry they're going to be too. I mean, this is a big game for them uh, to get back to where they think they should be at the top of the Big Ten. Still got to deal with Cassius. Still got to deal with Tom Ezzo. Uh, that's still a huge challenge. But you mentioned they they have some flaws and, and they have some young role players that have been a little too inconsistent for them. And you, you like that facing you know young guys on the when they go on the road and, and they as you mentioned they struggled they lost at indiana they got blown out by purdue uh, they lost to a shorthanded wisconsin team so they're reeling a little bit just got to be on their home floor that doesn't happen uh illinois is going to have another big opportunity when they come to town all right we'll be here to talk about it appreciate you guys following along what a game that was what an atmosphere you guys provided here and we should see another one on tuesday we'll see some other sellout crowds at least we're playing some meaningful basketball, watching some meaningful basketball here back at State Farm Center. Thanks for tuning in. Subscribe to us, rate us, review us. Check out the site for all the latest analysis, the update from Adam Miller. We'll have all that this weekend right here on Alana Inquirer.
Citizen sleuths are focusing on the brutal slayings of four college kids. A new Paramount Plus original docuseries. This is the start of something major. Follows online detectives as they unravel the mystery of the infamous Idaho College murders. There's plenty of places to hide a weapon. And turned it into a social media phenomenon. Where are the roommates It's a huge night. I want the truth from you. Hashtag Cyber Sleuths. The Idaho Murders. Now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus.